New Work, a podcast about how to take wise, soul-centered action in your work life, all based on the wisdom of nature. I'm Megan Leatherman, a mother to two small kids, coach, writer, and amateur ecologist living in the Pacific Northwest, and I'm your host today. Hi, friend, and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here for this episode, whether you're here for the first time or someone who listens to every episode. I'm just so grateful to share this space with you. We are shifting now into the late winter period, a time when we're working with the transition from winter to spring. The sun is in the sign of Pisces. We are in our final stages of the winter, but spring is not here in its fullness quite yet. And so it's this liminal, changeable time. And one of the main themes that comes up for me at this period is surrender which I might need to come up with a better word because I think surrender is really overused and something that a lot of us aren't super familiar or skilled with working in, although I think a lot of us think we are, speaking personally. There is this component to the late winter period and to vocational change and growth where we have to remember that not everything is up to us. We do our work, we do the work of the early winter, we're taking care of our body, the structure of us, the soil of us, we plant the seeds and intentions that are on our hearts, and then we need to let go and step back so that something else can come and meet us halfway, so that those seeds can do their their magic, their work, so that the opportunities we want can actually come in. There is this phenomenon where if we're doing and doing and doing, there's not space for the thing to arrive or to become or to bloom. I think about this a lot as a parent. I have two young kids and we have been trying to be less intervention-y all the time. I think in our culture, you know, there's these ideals about parenting in the West that you have to sort of shape your child or they need a lot of direction, they need a lot of teaching. And what Chris and I are trying to do as parents is to really give the kids the structure that they need, but then the space to come into themselves. And this was, this came up just yesterday morning helping Wyatt get ready for school. She goes to this little outdoor school and so she has to get on like a lot of gear like her rain bib and jacket and boots and you know I don't know how mornings are with other families but it's like a little bit crunched not the most spacious time in our lives and I often will like feel like I have to remind Wyatt to get her stuff on and like I have to sort of give her a countdown and yesterday morning I tried I decided I was just gonna not say anything like we've done this for like seven months now she knows the deal like she she can she's five she can get her stuff on so I just didn't say anything and you know the morning's kind of going by and I'm getting ready and she's seeing me getting ready but she's still not getting her rain bib on and I'm like all right I'm not gonna say anything I'm really gonna try this and sure enough she did it without me asking (laughs) and that's such a simple thing and in other cultures I think sort of silly that you know all us as parents are like so on top of our kids all the time 
and we're not just letting them do what they know how to do and it's a, an edge for me for sure but it was so such a simple sweet reminder that we don't have to be like digging in the garden all the time and working and like trying to get this thing to grow we can do our part and then step back and trust that the thing is gonna come and so wherever you are today however you're feeling about your working life you might want to play around with the idea of not being so involved of not being so active or working on it so much or or increasing the sort of quality of your work and uh, you know coming at it with a lot of intention and clarity and groundedness and then letting go and seeing what happens and this is all stuff I go into more detail about in my book about winter called winter at work where I profile sort of each of the micro the three micro seasons of winter and how you can work with them whether you're moving through the literal winter or a winter period in your working life and you can learn more about that at wildnewwork.com or the link in the show notes it is also what we will be talking about in today's episode we're going to be talking about surrendering to the mystery of deep personal and vocational change. And I'm really excited to share this conversation with you. Janet and I were talking separately one day and she mentioned just how hungry she was to hear from people who were, in her words, in the during, (laughs) in the messy, mysterious process of change, people who hadn't reached the other side yet, but were trying to find their footing in the midst of all that and I thought about you know how could I offer that or facilitate that story via the podcast who could I have on and then I realized it just had to be Janet (laughs) she can tell this story she's in it and I'm really excited to share her insights with you today Janet is a creator a strategist and a writer she is working to build a kinder more meaningfully connected world where our communities are the best collective reflections of our individual gifts she lives with her husband and daughter in Alabama and she's currently on sabbatical as she winters between a career in strategy consulting and whatever wants to be created through her next So I'm really excited to share Janet's wisdom with you today. And before we begin, let's read our opening invocation and set the tone for our time. May each of us be blessed and emboldened to do the work we're meant to do on this planet. May our work honor our ancestors, known and unknown, and may it be in harmony with all creatures that we share this earth with. I express gratitude for all of the technologies and gifts that have made this possible and am grateful to the Cowlitz and Clackamas tribes, among many others, who are the original stewards of the land that I'm on. All right. Thank you so much for being here, Janet. I'm really excited to talk. Same here. Can't wait. Good. So could you give us a little overview of the last, like, 10 years of your working life or so, like, where you've been, the shifts that you've, that have been really intense since I've known you, um, and then sort of anything you want to say about kind of where you are in this moment? Sure. Um, So I was reflecting on this question, and uh, strangely enough, about exactly 10 years ago, I was probably having my first dance with a professional winter, if you will, when I had just closed um, the chapter of my first official job out of college. I had been working for 
a top four strategic consulting firm and for a few years and um, had a really strong sense of being out of alignment in that position and looking to transition to something that felt closer to my heart. And at that time it was education. And I felt um, like I really wanted to work, work directly in the heart of education. So I took on a teaching position in the middle of a school year, seventh grade, all boys, public middle school with no teaching experience. Um, And it was a, one of those profound uh, experiences. I'd only taught for a semester, but um, I, it was a testament of grit. And luckily I had a retired teacher volunteer to watch me every single day and she gave me bite-sized feedback. And so I really um, loved the experience of the problem solving kind of skill I have that I got to bring to the consulting role I had towards a mission I cared a lot about. And as I was wrapping up that teaching position was looking for a way to merge those things. And that brought me to um, a nonprofit um, out of New York focused on K-12 policy consulting and strategy. And that was where I ultimately ended up for the past nine years. Um, Started as a recruitment associate and essentially grew up there is how I I like to say it. I um, held several positions, most recently a leadership position um, and worked across the country with school districts on some of their most complex challenges when it came to meeting their goals for students. So um, that was a big bulk of my past 10 years in terms of my career. And the other big change um, was that in this past July, I left that position. And since then have been in a little bit of a liminal space um, and really honoring, I think, the ending of something and trying to, with like a lot of grace and loose attachment, figure out what comes next. Um, And so practically that has looked like taking on a few kind of experimental projects, some new collaborations, becoming an instructor at the studio I work out at. um, And that is what led me here. Thank you. When would you say, I mean, that role that you were at for nine years was so like pivotal and formative, it sounds like. When did you notice that it was starting to not fit for you anymore, either like not be spacious enough or start to unravel? Like when did, when did you start to feel kind of the rub of like, I'm ready to outgrow this? Yeah. So I would say I had glimmers of a feeling of, you know, there's something more or different for me, maybe over the past four years. Um, And the nature of our work was that you know, my projects, my teams, my clients changed a lot. And at the same time, I was also like hustling really hard for promotion after promotion. And so while I would have that feeling, it kind of always felt like maybe the right next combination is around the corner. Um, And that was true up until I'd say the pandemic in which I was very pregnant and ultimately became a mom um, in July, 2020. And right after coming back from maternity leave, got a really big promotion. So it was a new mom with this new intense role at a time where the world seemed to be falling apart and taking on some very um, intense, important work for our company. And that was already a lot, um, but also during that time started to, you know, we had um, a diagnosis in my family that was really tough. I experienced a deep personal loss 
there were other things of life happening. And on top of that, it was just a very hard job. And I started feeling like I was coming to this moment of like, how did I get here? It started to feel so out of alignment with how I wanted to serve or what I felt my strengths were even, you know, I was in a administrative role. So there were a lot of fires. It was kind of crises after crises. And I almost felt like the same strengths that had gotten me into the position I wasn't able to like use anymore or weren't important to the function I was playing on top of all these huge life transitions of birth and, and loss. And I think the way that all manifested was I need a new job. You know, like that was the external change I was really focused on. And so it, it, I think, you know, the way it started to feel in terms of the unraveling was this real misalignment in terms of like strengths, what I do best and how I was being asked to show up every day. I just felt like I wasn't using my best stuff. On top of that, I tend to hold a, a very high bar for like how I want to do and how, especially in a managerial position, how I'm showing up for the teams I'm managing or the clients I was serving. And I could just feel myself energetically not meeting that high bar. I was shorter than I usually am. I was snappier. I was less empathetic, you know, values that I hold really close to me. Um, I felt I had less, I just wasn't showing up that way. And no, I don't think anyone else noticed, but I did. And there was this really like feeling of using, like not fully utilizing my powers. You know, it was just like, I know I have stuff and it's not fitting into this box. And that it's, you know, I know the brain really fears drastic change. <laughs> and so I was, I think I just came to the point where like the level of misery I was feeling was overwhelmingly greater than the fear I had around taking a big change. And that's the point at which along with some help with some very fantastic career coaches, I decided to step away. Um, and so those were some of my cues. Um, and during that time, I'd also found my way to you and I'd really relied a lot on your guidance around creating the container because I felt, I mean, burnt out is one way to put it, but, um, I really felt like I was trying to force something. Like I said, I was really focused on that external change. And so the way I was forcing, it was like, I will be in a leadership position in Birmingham within the next year. I kind of set a timeline and, um, I would write out my dream job descriptions. And I, I just, even my dream job description at that time wouldn't resonate, wouldn't bring up anything for me. And that was my cue. I didn't realize how serious of a cue it was at a time, but that was my cue that there is something bigger at work here. And I really needed to set up a container to explore what was happening. And that kind of led me to these smaller to bigger risks, trusting myself more and more, um, even if it meant operating outside of like conventional wisdom or stepping off that linear path that I had been really attached to for almost my entire career. Thank you so much. That's a really rich description. There's a lot in there. And one of the things I was going to ask you about was like, would you say that what you experienced was burnout? But I, what I appreciate about it is that on one hand, I feel like burnout is um, a really inadequate term like on one level, there's just overwork, which is definitely harmful. And, you know, humans aren't meant to work as much as most people are working right now. But there's also this quality that goes much farther beyond that, which is like, I, I am not 
like I can't do this work, you know, even though it sounds like the organization you were at had a wonderful mission, I'm sure full of caring people, like lovely, 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 and was suffocating, you know, mm -hmm. and um, so I just appreciate that you brought in like the other layer of like, it's not just that you had so much personally that you were going through and had to, you know, attend all of these crises, but it's also like you didn't have the reserves to do that in part because it wasn't even aligning with yourself and what the gifts that you have. So I really appreciate that. So you left in the summer and then have been in this, I think, very courageous <laughs> phase where like you have there. One of the things I love about this process is a lot of times after people that I work with, like will leave a job, some sort of like amazing opportunity that has a similar vibe but not quite will come along almost as like a cosmic test like how how badly like how much are you willing to go to go here or look at um and I feel like that those came up for you a little bit like a lot of opportunities started coming through your network you did have this consulting thing that you did um can you talk a little bit about what that was like and how you have explored those but not like given yourself to them because they didn't feel quite right even though on paper they looked I think really perfect in some ways yeah I think this time has been rich for so many reasons but one lesson I feel like I've had to learn time and time again is saying no like how to honor a no for me um I think that's coming off years and years and and you know my kind of own growing up and the way I've made sense of the world is being someone who says yes, or makes, you know, helps others. So this, you know, I feel like I just, I've called it in the during with you and, um, I, it's had lots of flavors, but I will say that initial flavor was like the first taste of it was like, yes, I did the badass thing. Like I quit my job. I, I let go of the thing that was no longer serving me. And it really felt like such a call to do that. Like it felt so, I had a resistance to it at first when my career coach brought it up. Um, but once I tried it on, it felt like the only obvious way that this was going to end gracefully and in a way that like really honored how much I did care about this company um, on the timeline that made sense for me. So I, you know, let, I kind of claimed that for myself. And I said no to the thing that was no longer serving me. It really did feel like, as you were saying that, um, that total misfit, you know, and to be able to say the truth that like, oh, this is no longer fitting me was a release in of itself. And I think from that generated like a lot of good energy. And there was a real friendliness around that season where, as I said, no, these opportunities came through that Nestle, more Nestle on the table beforehand, or people saw me available for things that they wouldn't have if I hadn't said, if I hadn't walked away. The interesting thing, thing that happened was that, you know, I felt like I had no other choice, but my, my body kind of tuning in to opportunities was so sensitive at this time that it was, there was really no strategy around it. I really felt I could only follow what my body was saying yes or no to. It felt that strong. And there was a lot of full body refusals that didn't make sense on paper. A lot of good consulting contracts with people I liked that on paper, I looked like the perfect fit for. And 
I had to have some hard conversations that said, listen, I, I cannot explain why this is a no, but it is for me right now. And I, I trusted that that would be received well, maybe not necessarily by that individual person, but in some other shape, it would come back in a good way. And that for the most part was really true. And so the beautiful time about that season was I had also, I was reminded there are all sorts of ways I can contribute and earn that don't necessarily have to fit in a package or mean I'm tied to an organization at this time. And so I really needed that as someone who had always been in really stable institutions and for a reason, I really needed to see that there was a secure way I could manage this transition. And then I do think I signed on to some work that felt different enough. It felt like kind of the experimental thing I told myself I was going for during this time. And it, I had, and it was a really cool project, um, but I do see it now as a, I think a bridge I needed. Like I, I needed an off ramp. I think my nervous system needed an off ramp. I, there was a way I had been operating in the world for 12, 13 years. And as much as I stand by my decision to walk away at the time that I did, I think subconsciously, I really needed to kind of a, a familiar channel form that energy, but something that was different enough that could help me continue to shake things up in terms of how I was seeing the world. And I appreciate that opportunity for, for what it was. Um, but in so many ways, it also did feel like the test of um, what do I really want to get out of the season and what am I willing to commit to this season? And um, for me, this has been a time of really understanding my authentic power like, who am I when I am stripped of the titles, the identities that were the ways I felt I cultivated power in the world, right? Or represented or got that kind of validation. And so there was a lot of testing of that for me in this time uh, of how can I generate that from myself and not need it, not need it to prove like to anybody or anything. And so I think some of my work in this time has been to really like from that place, make decisions about the work I take on. And the weird truth I have come to for right now is I actually don't want to be beholden to anyone else's projects, ideas, or even collaborations. Like there's a feeling like I really need personal freedom to explore feel like how, so I can even pay attention to what's emerging inside of me. So it became very obvious, like that it was time to kind of wrap up that transitional phase of even taking on projects, even if they were experiments, because I think in the end, they weren't that different. And so I'm looking for something very different. And at the same time, I needed those to feel strong enough to get here. It's like how I look back at it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I love that when you first said that you, I think in one of our calls, like you feel like you're sort of in the during, that made so much sense to me that you're not where you were, but you're not, not that there's anywhere to like get to, but you are in this place of like having a lot of questions and change. And I don't, I mean, there we just all go through these seasons where like what used to make sense doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. And we're not in a sort of rhythm, a new rhythm. What are some of the things that have like anchored you, even in the midst of big identity shifts and not knowing and still being a person in this world with family and, you know, all the things that each of us carries, like what has held you 
together enough that you can like think more largely about your work and who you want to be in the world. Yeah, I, um, you know, I think first and foremost, my partner, my husband uh, has been such an anchor for me and he has only ever shown up to this, to participate in this process with me as someone who fully trusts me and wants to see me happy and trust the choices I am making align with that. I also acknowledge like we have been a working family with two incomes for a long time and he is currently working and that I think opens up different choices for me that others may not have, but I, he has been like my number one fan. <laughs> and I, I also think there's been something here for me to learn around, like really leaning into our love and partnership. I have been so independent for all of my life that that has been like my way of proving I can do it all. And so to actually show up as a different partner with him right now has been really fun <laughs> um, and good for us. Um, but his trust in me has been a real anchor and I'm lucky to be surrounded by friends who mirror that as well. Um, I think some friends understand it more than others, maybe because they've been there before. Uh, but I feel like the support system I have and my coaches, a, a great therapist, there's only been this very friendly, friendly reflection around like, we trust you. We, we know you're doing exactly what you need to do. And like, you are going to figure this out. I would see the other thing that's anchoring me is like, I have never felt so aligned, clear myself. I have such a strong connection to myself right now. I, so I, I spoke of the container this past year and a half has been, I've started a morning routine where I like write, I take an hour before anyone wakes up in my house and I write morning pages and I read and I, it has been a real like communion with myself in a way that I've never given before. And there's been some like hard conversations I've had to have with me over the past year and a half and some real witnessing, I think, to like how my mind makes sense of the world that um, like what it does in a liminal space, which is like anticipate, try to solve, try to like figure out the answer, shortcut it, you know, I think in a lot of ways or like just get us out of the comfort zone or get us back in the comfort zone, I should say. So I'd say like having a safe container to witness all that has helped me a lot. And in the process, it has led me to, you know, I like am eating healthier than ever. I am making the best choices I feel like I've ever made around like how to tend to my body and my wellness. And so I feel really good. You know, it's a weird time where I feel like my, like my life has never looked less together, quote unquote, but I've never felt more together. And I have to trust that from that place, like it, cause it feels so much better, even if it starts small, like, but from that place, like I, first of all, it's just a great place to like live and experience life from, but that anchors me to know, like it can on, only get good from here. Is kind of how I've been feeling. And I think that me, like, there's a real safety I feel with myself that feels like I have never had that before. And so to have that compassionate, safe presence with myself and make decisions from that place is a fun new sandbox for me um, and anchors me during this time. 
That is really inspiring and such a beautiful testament, I think, to, I'm not going to say this right, but sort of getting back to the like foundation and the basics, you know, I remember, you know, you mentioned that you were, you're now certified, I think, in this particular type of Pilates that you've been doing for years. And I think we were talking about how like this was kind of a wild card move and you were like, I don't know, I just want to do it. And, but I thought it was like a really lovely metaphor for like the work you've been doing to just like metabolize and, and move in different ways, even though we have no idea if Mm -hmm. your path now is Pilates or like how that fits in, or it doesn't really matter. It's just that I thought it was such a really lovely example of following a thread that doesn't make sense maybe to others, but that is just what you need right now. And that is speaking to you that, like you said, you wouldn't have the space for, or even maybe considered like years ago when you were so wrapped up in sort of the norms of working life. So thank you for sharing all of those anchors, like the supportive people in your life, your own sort of meditative practice, and then just like the basics of just thinking clearly and feeling like Mm -hmm. alive you know this Mm -hmm. is so important do you make any meaning from why you're in this deeper not whirlpool but like (laughs) this deeper questioning like you know it sounds like you were sort of moving along your life the pandemic hit you became a mother and then the sort of tension crescendo that like you started to realize like this isn't fitting this isn't working and then like a major letting go of this role and now like being in the midst of this in between do you I mean totally okay if not but do you draw any meaning for why this happened now in your life I mean I'm constantly working on trying to figure out the meaning of it uh, and it's occurred to me that I'm probably won't fully understand it till I'm out of it a little bit more. But I think one surprising element of this has been, I think I really underestimated the profoundness of this transition. I think I earlier, it really did feel like I just needed a job change. And looking back now, I can see, because I think the disappointment I felt in October or November, a few months out of taking the step back, you know, I had all these plans that like, by then I'd have the clear thing. It'd be obvious what the next step was. And I felt some real disappointment that like, oh, I'm still here. Like it's not the big shiny new thing isn't here yet. And what that has meant for me is like finally accepting that I'm in this winter, like I'm in this neutral zone. And I've been reading a lot of work on trans or reading a lot of um, work on transitions, especially William Bridges' work, and he describes these major transitions as the ending, the neutral zone, and the beginning. And um, the neutral zone, he says, you know, it's the part that we're the most uncomfortable with that we really want to rush through. Like we want to get to the other side of the street as fast as possible. And he has something in there. It's like the reality is the neutral zone is done with you when the when it's done with you. And this idea that like. I'm actually not in control of how this integration happens, like what needs to alchemize and on what timeline like that. I I don't write that timetable. And I, I really had to accept that like within the past month or two, when things weren't going according to my plan, no matter how many 
intention setting, you know, journals I had completed and dream jobs. I, you know, I feel like I followed the book of all the things to do to like cultivate that clarity and it wasn't here. And so, um, to me, that was a sign like, oh, there's more work for me in this neutral zone. And it's, and I just have to be here in it. Like, um, and my job is to follow the signals of what I think I want, which is why that training, you know, becoming an instructor felt important. Um, cause it's the only, like right now I'm just so reliant on those little clues, like those little puzzle pieces in this neutral zone. So I think the meat, some meaning I'm drawing from this is my ability or capacity to be in a liminal space and honor it, like not see it as a means to an end, or it's only as important as the outcome it gets me to. I think for a while, my ego was telling myself that story of like, this will be great because we'll take this break and then we'll prove to everyone we were right because this sh- this shiny new thing will come in. And the reality is like, this is a, this is a critical step in of itself. Like I, it's not just a means to an end. And so I'm really learning how to like be in this time and love it. Um, even if it is uncomfortable. Um, and so, uh, you know, this concept of wintering, a lot of your work, some other writers work, there's a real beauty, I think in like this season, even though it can be harsh and unnerving, um, there can be a coziness, there can be, I've this feeling of being a little bit on the margins and letting, and, and really kind of focusing on yourself in that time. I, I've just started to embrace that a bit more. So I'm still, like I said, working on the meeting, but um, it has been such a rich time of, I think standing in the margins has given me such permission to kind of rethink everything and fully examine and let go of what hasn't been working for me and give myself space to let the new me kind of integrate and take place and trust that I'll know, I'll be able to follow the breadcrumbs as they come. It definitely has a quality of some sort of like initiation. Um, I find that I've worked with people before who have been inside of illnesses or um, just like major, I guess, major winters where it does have that quality of like, this is not in your control. You know, you can try taking a job or you can try building a business from this place because it's comforting, but nine times out of 10, they don't have the sturdiness that can really carry us. And I've done this too. It's so uncomfortable to not know. And there's, you know, the sort of drumbeat of everyone else's expectations or needs and and all of that happening. Um, But there are these times where this, whatever this is, just has to sort of have its way. And um, I think it's really wise and a skill many of us need to cultivate to sort of just be with that. And like you said, to value it for what it is and not just the outcome, you know, which we don't know yet. So knowing that we don't know the outcome and that this time is valuable no matter what, what are, are you getting any clear are there any like threads that are sort of calling to you now you one that you sounded really clear about was that like it's not this is a time when you need to cultivate something yourself that like projects Mm -hmm. and collaborations aren't fitting right now maybe they were like these wonderful bridges but it sounds like you feel clear about whatever is next immediately is from you um 
but what are like the signals or the threads you're getting right now about working life, if any? Yeah, I mean, so I've, I, the way I've been describing is I think I'm finally taking that sabbatical that maybe life intended me to take last summer when I stepped away from my position, um, but I wasn't quite ready for. Um, and so, you know, I say that just because I think it is a, a nice line I can draw for folks, like as I say no to projects or kind of, you know, close the door to work for a bit, or at least other people's work. Um, and I think it gives me like permission to really make this time my own. And so in this sabbatical, I'm feeling I, I don't have much and I'm okay with that. I think I'm finally okay with that. I think I do have a, a problem statement I continue to return back to that my brain likes to work on. I find myself bringing it up in conversations. I find like myself gravitating towards books around like, you know, this certain theme and for a while, I think I was trying to force it into a business idea or like, you know, make it happen. I think I've accepted and I've done a lot of learning on creativity during this time that like my job right now is to kind of set the print, like set the problem statement, interesting problem statement for my brain and like let my subconscious like work through it. Like, and so I'm kind of, I view it more as a quest right now. Like I'm really interested in this question. What, like I will get the puzzle pieces as I need them. So, you know, one puzzle piece for me, I think is like, I really feel interested in starting some Sunday suppers, like having people in our home, connecting people across networks through a good meal. And I don't know why I feel like I want to do that, but I want to do that. I also really want to travel. I have this feeling of wanting to get out of my comfort zone physically and experience new places and new cities. Um, and so those are like, I think I'm most interested just to see what I am interested in when everything, when the noise is removed, you know, like, um, and I have space to fill and I get bored. Like, what do I find myself can't stop thinking about or reading about or writing about? And I was reading another book and, um, David White's book on crossing the unknown sea, which is really great for also anyone who's considering the value of work, but he tells a story in there about he was really burnt out his job. His friend gave him some advice. He, you know, he was saying, I'm just so exhausted. And his friend said, you know, the antidote to exhaustion. And he was like, no, what is it? And it's wholeheartedness, not necessarily rest. Right. And that what this time feels like to me, I sabbatical to me, I don't think needs to be a lot of rest with a capital R, but it needs to feel wholehearted. Like that is my bar right now. And so I'm really just following threads that feel that wholeheartedness um, and believing that that is, will take me where I need to go. And I, like, I don't know on what timeline, <laughs> like, I, you know, I've kind of given up temporarily setting any goals or, or intentions or at least time bound ones. Um, Cause I'm really trying to intentionally inhabit like a way of being in this sabbatical that feels really different. So those are some things emerging. I also, in the meantime, I'm really enjoying talking to people about being in the during. Um, I've, and so, you know, I find a lot of folks are asking similar questions, maybe not at the depth that like I was faced, like forced to confront, but it feels like a lot of us are wondering how do we make meaningful work happen in a way that really honors what we can bring to the world. Um, and so I've loved being that friendly guide if and when like I can to other folks who are similarly going through transitions. 
I just came across that quote by David White again and shared it. And I think it is such a helpful reframe. And I think you mentioned this a few months ago, just because I remember you had left your job and you were like, I'm resting a lot and I'm <laughs> tired of being told to rest. Like, I remember you getting sort of, an, an, you were like confounded, like what else how much more rest do I really need, mm -hmm. you know? And I think you did reach a point where it was like, not about the not doing anymore, but about the wholehearted doing. And I think the examples you shared are such lovely ways that we can do that. Just really chewing on, letting our brains chew on things without a bunch of attachment or need to force, surrounding ourselves with new people, new environments. Um, so I just think the way that you're going about it is so helpful and inspiring. I think the instructor training as, I don't know, it's not silly, but like small as it may feel has felt like the, also the exact right challenge in so many ways to alchemize because it's technical and requires brain power, but low stakes enough to, and so different from how I've shown for my career in the past that it, it has felt like a new intense challenge that also keeps me detached, if that makes sense. Um, and so that's like a thread here too, of like, what is that new thing that like I can give my brain like to chew on? Um, that's fun, but low stakes because I get tripped up right now in the high stakes ways that my career has taken place before. So um, that has been a really helpful path or like thread here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. I have a small question that I'm curious about and you don't have to answer it, but I'm, I would love to hear if you're open to sharing the sort of problem statement that you're chewing on and also like when that clarified is if that's, does that have the texture of like, you came into that, <laughs> into this lifetime with that question, or is it like, it just appeared a couple months ago or like, would you be open to sharing it? And like, how did it sort of clarify for you? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a working problem statement. My perfectionist is like going to flare up and be like, it's not perfect yet, but it is, it does feel like a question I've on and off asked my entire life. Um, I am really called to this question of how do we build meaningful connections across networks and, and, and I think like partly in the ways that feel so unfulfilled right now in how we connect, build relation, be in relation, I think in our communities. And a lot of my work in my previous role was around how do you get, how, how do communities accomplish big things, especially for students was like the prime question, but, um, you know, all the blue zone research about what it takes to live a long, happy life and that element of socialization. And I just think there's so many ways in which we're getting, we're like left unfulfilled, I think in this way to meaningfully connect and build relationships, um, especially across diverse networks. So um, that is something I'm like chewing on and thinking a lot about, um, but know that in due time, it'll take the shape it needs to. What a big complex, like very needed question right now. Um, mm. Anything else you want to share 
you know, if there are people listening who are like feeling that same misalignment or people who have left a thing and are like very in the mess, um, anything you, anything else you want to share about just what's kind of held you in this time? I mean, the, what's coming to mind is the only way out is in, and that's feels trite, but it has felt true from my experience that every time I've tried to look for an external out for this transition, I feel like I've almost been forced to go back in. Like there is like something else I need to explore or notice about myself. And um, I will also just say, this doesn't make it easier, but if it helps, it can be a lonely time. Like it can be, feel like a time where you feel misunderstood or unable to connect with like normal society, if you will, quote unquote. And I say that not to make it any easier, but just to know that like, if you're feeling that way, you're not alone in that. Um, and I think that's been probably the hard, one of the harder things that I didn't really anticipate about this season is um, it's a time I think where you're necessarily spending a lot of time alone. Um, but I do wonder like when and how will I get back into like what everyone else is doing? Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I just really root for folks who are going to that transition and know, I say that you can trust yourself, um, and the timing of what's working out. Um, yeah. Thank you. One of the things that strikes me about that is that the workplace, I think, has become such a source of connection for most people yeah. as like our other institutions have fallen away. And we all live in these little houses by ourselves. And we most of us don't, you know, aren't part of a union or church or neighborhood, whatever. So I wonder, I'm just sort of curious as your path unfolds, like how your question about connection is related to stepping out of the modern mm -hmm. workplace and not having those connections and not connecting through overwork and capitalism, mm -hmm. but actually through some other means. Um, so yeah, I just, I feel like your, I feel like your story and the way that it's, it's unfolding just has this really um, magical quality. And I'm really excited to keep watching and see how it all weaves together. So Thank you so much for sharing this with us. Yeah. How can people follow along, meet you, get to know you if they have questions or just want to sort of be in your friendly presence as they're going through this too? <laughs> yes, I'm more than happy to do that. Um, I do have a website, janet-king.com that is very bare bones, but it's the best way you can find me. I have been, for a lot of my friends who've just asked for this, I've been working on a list of my in the during favorites. Um, books, poems, teachers, guides that I have found my way to. And so if, if you'd like that, I'd be happy to share it with you as well. You can find um, my information on, on my website. So, and I would uh, be remiss if I did not mention how impactful your work, Megan, has been with me. Um, I remember in April, maybe March, um, before I made the decision to leave my position, I was going to a conference and I was praying for a guide. I was like, help me, send me someone who can kind of open up the new world or the new path. And um, I really thought I was going to meet someone there. But what actually ended up happening is in my transit time, I discovered your podcast during that week. And I look back now and I feel like that was, you were one of the guides who showed up right when I needed to, to like um, support me on this. So thank you. 
That is so special. Thank you. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew we connected through the podcast, but I didn't know how it came about. So thank you. That really warms my heart. Um, I am going to need that in the during list of resources. <laughs> well, so I will check that out and I'll put the link to your website in the show notes for people. And just thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, my friend, I hope you loved this episode and I encourage you to connect with Janet if you're in the midst of your own transition. Again, her website is janet-king.com and I'll put that link in the show notes. If you are going through your own during period, your own winter, and you're finding it really challenging or feeling like you could use more of a a container to hold you and to do the deeper work and come out the other side, I just want to remind you that I do walk with people one-on-one through that process through my coaching program, and you can learn more about that at awildnewwork.com or the link in the show notes. I'll be back with you in two weeks as we conclude our time in this cycle of winter. Take such good care, and I'll see you on the other side. Bye.